This episode originally aired around June 2017, so the info is not current. However, the great public archaeology programs mentioned in this episode are always worth checking out and supporting. In addition to the programs mentioned in this episode, go support some other great independent, listener-supported podcasts that bring unique, important, and engaging programs to the public. Women in Archaeology. Yes, they're independent, so update your podcast feeds and make sure you're subscribed to the correct one. Fantasies, the mythbusters of archaeology have gone indie. And as always, curiosity and focus. If you're curious about anything, this podcast is for you. Listen for more episodes from the archives as I work my way back in time until all 29 of the back catalog shows are back out there. New Go Dig a Hole episodes are coming in June 2018, so stay tuned. All right, thanks for coming back for another episode of Go Dig a Hole. I'm going to break the format for this episode. It will probably be short and sweet. Um, To kick this off, I'd like to thank all of the supporters of the show. Um, I've got a few Patreon subscribers now, and I'd also like to thank everybody who engages on social media. Uh, I've been really enjoying uh, the, the banter back and forth on Twitter. Uh, you know who you are. Um, there's a few of you out there tagging me on uh, Instagram with uh, your your sightings of the Go Dig a Hole stickers in the wild, uh, and those are awesome. So it's it's really great to uh, get the support, and I, I really appreciate that, and I'm really humbled by it too to just know that you guys are appreciating uh, what I'm doing here. Uh, so to explain how the support of Go Dig a Hole works, uh, there's Patreon. I have a whole lot of other goals that extend uh, far and wide from podcasting. So that's why I've got a totally separate venture. So uh, Go Dig a Hole as uh, a, a project is, uh, podcasting is just one element of Go Dig a Hole. So I've got uh, different subscription levels uh, set up on Patreon, and it's just patreon.com forward slash go dig a hole. Uh, at the minimum level, you get a handwritten thank you note and a go dig a hole sticker. Uh, and so that's where uh, a lot of these stickers that you see in action out on social media, um, some of them are coming from Patreon. Others are coming from uh, just being on projects with me um, or you know, being on the show, uh, meeting me at conferences, I hand them out at conferences, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, if we've worked together on a project, uh, I've probably given you a sticker. Um, but above that, uh, the goals that I have for go dig a hole as a public archeology span venture, uh, you know, like the, the Patreon isn't, it, it's not going to support the podcast. And uh, again, I've got to stress the point that I'm not trying to make any money off of this. Um, it's just going to help me uh, kind of think of it as matching funds because this is coming out of my own pocket here. Um, but the bigger goals for Go Dig a Hole are uh, first, I want to get the funding to uh, make transcripts available of the show. And so I've got um, a couple hearing impaired archaeologists who I love to interact with on on social media. And uh, I give a lot of info about the show. And I try to post on the blog at Go Dig a Hole, um, kind of a summary of some important episodes. 
um, just to make that content available uh, to the hearing impaired. But a good high quality transcript uh, costs a lot of money. So um, that's something that I'm going to, that I'm working to raise funds on. That's the first goal I want to uh, accomplish. The second goal I want to uh, address is I want to go on tour. Uh, and this isn't, uh, this isn't taking the podcast on tour. This is, uh, I want to go around the Pacific Northwest. I'm based here in Portland. I want to go around the Pacific Northwest and actually do some outreach and education in schools. And, uh, there's, there are a lot of schools that, uh, need, uh, outreach and education, especially with the sciences that, um, you know, with the increasing uh, economic and political climate, uh, they're they're not getting as much uh, science and humanities as uh, any of us would like. So, um, you know, it'll be just a little bit of things like uh, paying for gas, helping me print out posters to show to the uh, the students and stuff like that, um, and also getting together materials to to give to them as teaching aids. Um, and then the final bigger goal is I want to start a go dig a hole field school. And I, ideally I want it to be in the Portland area. And, uh, I've mentioned this before, I believe on the curiosity and focus podcast. Uh, I would really like to have, um, I would really like to have an archeological site that covers uh, the history of people of color in the Portland area, especially in the in the formative period, and uh, that's that's an element of Portland's history that has uh, really been overlooked. And you know, Portland gets described as uh, you know a really uh, white dominant city, uh, and. That's the case. That's certainly the case in how the city's portrayed, but that is that is a huge erasure of the actual history of of uh, native peoples here, people of color, and all the contributions that they've had, you know, throughout Portland's history. Um, and so, uh, not only do I want to have archaeological sites that explore that. Um, kind of underrepresented uh, element of, of Portland's history. Uh, but I also want the students working on it to be uh, more, uh, I want the students working on it to be underprivileged students. Um, and I went to public school. Uh, I went to you know middle and high school in rural North Carolina. And uh, our education was not great. Uh, we didn't have that many, uh, resources available to us for, uh, hands-on science training. Now I did have some really fantastic teachers, uh, that's not to diminish their, their works. Um, but you know, there's a lot more resources available to, uh, students in kind of more urban areas. And so, you know, Portland does have, um, probably more resources, uh, than, than I had growing up. Um, but I would really like to bring uh, hands-on archaeological education to you know students in the Portland area. So uh, that's that's what the money's going for on Patreon. Uh, it's all going into a big pot, and 
that's that's what I hope to do with it. Um, so that's full transparency. I've got a full time job. I don't. Uh, I'm not trying to make any money off of podcasting here. Um, you might hear me joke about that later on, though. So on the note of public archaeology in the Portland area, this past weekend I went to the Archaeology Roadshow, and it is hosted by Portland State University's Anthropology Department, and Dr. Virginia Butler is the organizer of the program. It's been running for several years, and it brings in a really cool uh, collection of of groups from across the state. Uh, Some of them are CRM companies. Some of them are um, agencies. Uh, There are tribal groups, and there are... um, there's all sorts of people represented there. Uh, there's even TriMet, the the public transportation company, uh, was there to show off the the history of public transportation in Portland. Uh, so it's really cool. Uh, it it happened on the same day as the uh, kickoff day for the downtown Portland farmers market, and it was just a couple blocks away. And I was really impressed. The Archaeology Roadshow was almost as big as the uh, Portland Farmer's Market, and it was almost as crowded as well. So it looked like there was a good turnout for it. Uh, I had the pleasure of speaking with uh, Dr. Virginia Butler for a little bit, uh, and I was hoping to get her on the show, but uh, it was kind of hard to pull her away from uh, a busy event for you know the, the time that I would have liked. So maybe a future episode. Um, But on that note, Portland State University has a great public archaeology event that uh, goes on all year round. It's uh, they have it on the first Thursday of every month and they collect uh, all sorts of guest speakers on various topics. uh, And it's not just limited to the Portland area. They have speakers from all over the country and sometimes all over the world uh, come in and talk about archaeology and they make it free and open to the public. Anybody who wants to come can do that. Uh, and it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, and there's a partnership there between the Archaeology Roadshow and uh, the First Thursdays meetings. Uh, the partnership is with uh, OAS. It's the Oregon Archaeological Society. And OAS meets uh, the first Tuesday of every month, um, but they take off during the summer because that's when uh, archaeologists are all in the field and and schedules are difficult. Uh, But OAS does a really great job of supporting local archaeology and kind of providing a a networking platform, not just for archaeologists, but for interested members of the public. And that's something that I've been really impressed to see is uh, I've been going to quite a few of these OAS meetings and I, to my understanding, most of the audience in these packed auditoriums, uh, most of the audience is just members of the public. And whenever I end up uh, meeting somebody new and, and talking to them, uh, you know, I'll, I'll end up finding out that, you know, they come from a, a background that is totally, totally unrelated to, uh, you know, working as a professional archaeologist, but it's just something that they, they have a passion for. So, you know, maybe they grew up uh, on a farm where, you know, their, their parents collected, uh, uh, projectile points, 
or, you know, maybe they have Native American ancestry, uh, you know, various things, or maybe they just think it's cool. Uh, there are all sorts of reasons for that lead people to come to these uh, archaeology society meetings. But these, uh, like a local archaeology society, is super important and is something that you can do wherever you wherever you live. Uh, so there's a, there's a difference between an archaeological society and a professional archaeology organization. So uh, typically, wherever you live, there, there's going to be one of each. Uh, and so, um, you know, there's the archaeology society is going to be open to the, the general public and the kinds of gatherings are going to be geared toward uh, like public outreach and education and public archaeology involvement. So you'll have a collection of speakers. Um, you'll have show and tell, you'll have field trips, stuff like that in an archaeology society, whereas in a professional organization, it's going to be more industry facing. So you'll expect to see um, uh, archaeologists who work with agencies, archaeologists who work in CRM firms, uh, they'll all be part of those meetings and those meetings are going to be geared more toward uh, policy, best practices, uh, organizing events, uh, discussing various uh, state or regional or sometimes even federal laws, kind of reactions to planning and development, so on and so forth. Uh, so if you are a member of the general public uh, and you're not a professional archaeologist, uh, but you think archaeology is cool, then track down your local archaeologist archaeological society uh and join it uh the the fees to become a member are generally pretty low like the the one here i think is like 30 dollars for a year uh and it gets you all sorts of cool stuff uh in terms of you know access to interesting speakers and uh cool event spaces stuff like that um but if you're uh, a CRM archaeologist or, or really an archaeologist at, at any level and you want access to um, to professional networking, you should really consider joining your professional archaeological organization. Uh, it's super valuable and you get FaceTime with people you normally wouldn't get to, to, to have good quality FaceTime with. And uh, Dr. Virginia Butler back at Portland State hit the nail right on the head when she was describing her favorite parts of their annual archaeology roadshow. She said that her favorite part is that all sorts of different people come together and they just chew the fat. And that was, that was how she described it. And by that... Uh, you're not gathered for a specific purpose or like a specific talk like you would be at a professional conference or a professional archaeological organization meeting. Uh, at these public meetings, you're just there to hang out and talk about archaeology as a whole uh, or just catch up with people you haven't seen for a while. So, uh, you know, you end up learning about people's life events, uh, if they've moved or bought a house, so on and so forth. You know, all the fun things that go in with kind of building these lasting friendships that go, you know, outside of work. Uh, so it's really neat to to see those aspects of an archaeological community that sits within a local community. 
Uh, and so also just the setting of the, the archaeology roadshow in downtown Portland with the downtown Portland farmer's market going on just a couple blocks away. Like it was just very bustling. Uh, it was a nice, cool morning. People were walking around eating cool food uh, with their dogs and their kids. And uh, it was just nice to see everybody out there and active. So following on the theme of public archaeology and supporting archaeology in this episode, I'll shift the focus over to the East Coast and talk about a couple programs that are going on over there that have some pretty neat things in terms of how they're set up and uh, how they're they're facing the public. First is Dig Ventures. Uh, they're a group in the UK. They're, they're based in the UK that does crowdfunded field schools. And uh, their, their field schools are really cool, not only just in the, in the site itself, like they're cool sites, uh, but they're also really cool in how they present this to the public. So they, they have some really good ways of, of presenting media and kind of distilling the, the key points to learn from a site and the investigations at the site. They distill these key points to kind of easily digestible points to give to the public. Um, and so that's the public facing side of it. The, the research facing side of it is also really cool because uh, they end up you know, getting some really valuable research on uh, various sites uh, throughout the UK. But this summer is the first time Dig Ventures has launched a field school in the United States. So the field school is called Digging Darrow, and it is at Mount Lebanon, New York. And uh, it is uh, an early shaker site. It's one of the first in the United States. And the shakers uh, came to the United States from England. Uh, they, were, they were based in, in Liverpool in northwest England. Uh, and they set sail for America to escape persecution for their quote-unquote heretical and dangerous beliefs. Uh, so they were, they were, in essence, refugees uh, from England in the 1700s. So they set up shop in 1787 at uh, this Shaker village, and their heretical and dangerous beliefs involved racial equality, female leadership, and technological in innovation. Uh, and so those things, you know, when you look back at, at uh, Shaker communities, you, you wouldn't think of them as, as, you know, radical progressives, but that's essentially what they were at the time. And, uh, you know, now these ideas are <laughs> sometimes still radical and progressive. Uh, it's kind of odd how that comes around. But uh, it's an interesting uh, cultural moment to be uh, investigating the site in. So it's really cool. Uh, they've achieved full funding of this field school, um, and they hope to bring more of the Dig Ventures uh, field schools to the United States. Uh, and they also have a program in the UK that helps um, military veterans uh, with uh, jobs training and uh, reconnecting with with heritage and battle battlefield heritage and stuff like that uh, and so uh, they're hoping to bring the same program to the United States and uh, so far it looks like they're off to a highly successful start uh, so check them out they're on digventures.com you, you can also find them on social media just take a uh, check out 
Dig Ventures. So the other program on the East Coast I'd like to talk about is Archaeology in the Community. Uh, you can check them out at archaeologyinthecommunity.com. They're also all over social media. Uh, Dr. Alex Jones is the founder of this uh, nonprofit, and uh, she was on an episode of Go Dig a Hole uh, several episodes back where we talked about uh, the Society for Black Archaeologists, and uh, we, we delved a little bit into to race and archaeology, but I'll have her on the next episode of Go Dig a Hole where we will talk about the Day of Archaeology Festival. Uh, so I won't go into that in too much detail, but if you're listening to this on the date that this episode airs, it's June 8th, June 8th is Do More 24. It's a campaign that Archaeology in the Community launched, um, and it's just a, a simple way to raise awareness. Um, Archaeology in the Community partnered with uh, the United Way in the Washington, D.C. area uh, to, to raise awareness. And some of the key points are to increase community awareness of the benefits of archaeology and history through public events, to provide archaeology enrichment programs to students of all ages, to provide professional development to college students interested in pursuing careers in archaeology, and to develop, promote, and implement archaeological programs. All things that I wholeheartedly agree with uh, in how I approach Go Dig a Hole. Uh, so stay tuned to the next episode of Go Dig a Hole where uh, Dr. Jones and I will talk about the Day of Archaeology Festival if you happen to be in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, go ahead and, and get connected with archaeology in the community. They've got a lot of public events going on. So, yeah, all of those events, the Archaeology Roadshow in Portland, uh, Archaeology in the Community in D.C., and the Digging Darrow uh, program in New York, all of those are open to the public. Uh, and if you want to go dig at the Digging Darrow project, uh, you can dig for a day for uh, $200, or you can go out there for a week for as little as uh, $500. Uh, so yeah, check out Dig Ventures. Um, there's all sorts of programs uh, that, again, you can find through your local archaeological society. Uh, often, they have volunteer uh, programs that you can go and do. Uh, so, you know, the general public uh, can, can get involved with, with archaeology and do some hands-on archaeology. Uh, goes way beyond just the show and tell you get from going to these meetings. Um, so that's about all I've got for this week's episode. Um, again, you can support the Go to Go Hole whole uh the whole project on patreon or you can support just the podcast itself uh but honestly it goes the the biggest help you can you can be is just by spreading the word so share go dig a hole with your your friends your classmates your dig partners uh with your teacher um you know give it retweets share it on facebook so on and so forth and reach out send me emails engage with me uh let me know you want a sticker um, you know, and, uh, I, I love feedback. So anything I can do to kind of answer your questions or make the show better, let me know. Uh, but until next time, this is Chris Sims.
for listening to the Go to Go Hole podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please consider uh, supporting it on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash go dig a hole. Uh, all of your contributions are incredibly appreciated. And uh, I've already been able to do a lot of amazing things with your support. So thanks again. And please uh, share this with any of your friends, colleagues, classmates, students, teachers, whatever. Uh, you can also find me online. I'm very online. Uh, the blog is godigahole.com. Uh, you can find me on all the social media platforms at godigahole. Oh,